please don't push me. Please don't push me, but y'all push B. Now we got dwellers from Cali to Flatbush B. Now they got heat on their feet that say press B. And now we so deep in the streets, y'all can't stress me. Can't curse me, then bless me. I'm crucifying my flesh, that's less me. SAT from preaching, can't test me. Atheists are now believing, that bless me. Yeah, we got the basement replacing any of those worldly pursuits that y'all chasing. Any of those trials and tests that y'all facing Any of the relationships that y'all changing We rearranging, making the shame shift Giving Satan back what's his, that's the blame shift Rise up and walk commands, that's the lame shift Cheat codes for living this life, that's the game shift All on Yeshua man, the rest is manure man I'm dying daily so I rise up a purer man Pressing B daily so my sins looking fewer man Washing the blood so my sins down the sewer man yeah, so press B with me And let's let whatever gon' be just be uh, Yeah, so press B with me And let's let whatever gon' be just be Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen I am your host, Tim Ross I hope you are all doing well I am so grateful that you all are with us today Shout out to Press B, shout out to my dwellers, shout out to my promoters. Thank you all so much for your support. For all those generous souls on Cash App and PayPal, thank you for the way you financially support and keep us in a position uh, that we don't have to be intimidated by any platform that we're on. We are fastly approaching that time and that space where we get to be on the B side. But until then... Thank you for keeping us out here like you do. Listen, uh, one of my dear friends is here. It is like one of the joys of my life to be able to introduce you all to him. Uh, I met him a couple of years ago. Um, I think, it has it been three years already? Was It, it might three? have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think th it's three. Yeah. About three years ago, um, we were just in a green room. And... Um, at Gateway, I won't forget that we were at the Gateway conference, and we're talking. And I am so intrigued by his story uh, because he talks about transitioning his church, and I was—it wasn't even public yet. Mm. I hadn't even discussed it with anybody publicly at the church, um, outside of the elders, that we were in this season that we were transitioning uh our church and so getting to hear his story and the narrative of how he did it um i didn't i had never met anyone who was my peer who had pastored less than 10 years right as a lead pastor that was making this transition and god put me in the same room as him so that i i could calm down and know that i wasn't the only person that god was doing this with that God had reached all the way around the world in his divine sovereignty and put a man from Sweden <laughs> in the same room as me to confirm what he was telling me to do. And from that day to this, our relationship has just grown. Our relational equity has gone deeper. And um, it's a friendship that I don't want to live without. So um, I want to introduce to some and uh, present to others for the very first time but not the last time on the Basement Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, 
boys and girls. Joachim Lundquist is in the building, everybody. Yes. Let's go. Oh, man, that's one of the best pronunciations of my name that I've heard from a U.S. citizen. Really? It is. A lot of people struggle, you know, because they go, Joachim, Joachim. So I just tell them, you just call me welcome. That's close enough. That's hilarious. No, it's Joachim. Oh, you did so well. Thank you so much. I try to, you know what, I believe in like, honoring people's names like i just don't take that mm. for granted and and i not just not the name but like the country of origin as well right and where i see a lot of americans that are lazy they they're, they're just like we don't care what your name is we're just gonna we're just gonna pronounce it the way we think it <laughs> should sound right right so of course the the average american would be like joachim Right. And I'm like, it's Joachim. Like, why would you disrespect the Swedish accent <laughs> of his name? He's heard it as Joachim all his life. He should not be disrespected by you because you're too lazy to put a Y there just because you see a J. <laughs> Which is a bit weird. Right. Yeah. I get Still, it. Still, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for saying yes, man. You made time in your schedule. Of course. Yeah. How you been? It's been great. Good. I'm in a great, great season, a great place with my family. Awesome, man. So, yeah. Okay, so so I want, I already know this, but I, I, I need you to just give us background on who you are, and then we can jump into whatever you want to jump into. But I just, I there's so much I could say about you, but I just need them to have some context and some backstory to who right, you are. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, to answer that question in order of importance, number one, I'm a child of God. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> Saved by grace. Number yep. two, I'm a husband. Yep. I've been married to Maria for 36 wonderful years. That's awesome. Uh, number and she's th- a great woman. Oh, she is. I love her. Yeah. And uh, number three, I'm a father of two girls. I'm the father-in-law of a great son-in-law. Let's I'm go. Great. Um, let's see now. I'm the grandfather of two amazing grandsons. Awesome. You do not look like you are a grandfather. Oh, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. That's the power of the Swedish water, I suppose. <laughs> it must be. It must be. Actually, you know, before I, I had my grandsons, um, I, everybody went on and on about how great it is to be a grandpa and grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, it can't be. Right. It must be overrated. Right, right, right. And, and here we are, and I was just, this is incredible. Yeah. You get all the fun and none of the responsibilities. <laughs> you get to give them back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, give them money, give them sugar, and then hand them back. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and apart from that, number four would be that by the grace of God, I, I'm, I get to serve in the kingdom of God. Yep. I'm a pastor and international ambassador of our church, Word of Life, yep. in Sweden. Yes. Uh, and it's just been an, an incredible ride yeah. with God Yeah. ever since I gave my life to Jesus when I was 16. Wow. And uh, I just can't believe, looking back, the goodness of God. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and all the things that he's done. You know, Sweden is one of the most secularized nations in the world. Right. Uh, it's only Japan has kind of gone further away from its religious heritage and its values. Wow. So out of all the nations in the world, you know, Working for God and establishing His church and 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 building His kingdom uh, in such a nation is is very very special. Yeah, for sure. Very unique. But you know, we always claim that what what the Book of Romans says, saying where sin abounded, grace would abound even more. Absolutely. And uh, God chose the weak things of the world. God chose the small things of the world. That's right. And by His grace, now 
our church has become the launch pad of a movement of over 900 churches in uh, Central Asia, Middle East, uh, Russia, Ukraine, Afghanistan, India, China. You know, wherever there's problems, there's a Word of Life church there. Yeah. Hopefully we didn't cause the problems. <laughs> <laughs> you're, there to, you're there to provide the solution. Yeah. So, so I'm glad you said that because I, I was in Sweden with you. You invited me out. I got to come mm. to the church and, and, and loved being in that country. Like I absolutely loved, oh, we being loved having you in that country. Oh, man. And um, because I get to travel so much, right. I am... I am often intrigued by the effects that a church born in the backdrop of a secular society mm. um, seems to have more impact than many of the churches in America where there's this presupposition that God is at the foundation. Right. Um, and now you you live in both places. Yes. You, you yes. are. We have, we have a house here in the U.S. That's right. And also one back in Sweden. Yeah. So Maria and I would go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, working in, in our church still. Yeah. Uh, but also allowing more time to travel. And to writing and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, I'm really get to be exposed to both cultures. Yeah, for sure. Both uh, heritages of Christianity versus not Christianity. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's quite interesting. And I have a lot of interesting conversations with U.S. friends and yeah. U.S. colleagues about Sweden. And I hear the the worry, the concern that the U.S. is is heading in that direction. And um, that, you know, the, the secularism that we see in our society might be a reality over here within a, a number of years. And um, actually, when I, when I have these conversations, I understand the concern and I understand the worries. But my normal response is, you know what? That might not be an all negative thing. And uh, I'm so grateful uh, you're saying that. <laughs> because... Um, you know, if you if you live in a in an environment where most people are Christians or claim to be, yes, sir, um, and there is no persecution, meaning there is no price to pay, even though that reality might seem ideal, historically it's never produced strong Christianity. So you know, sometimes I have, I have a bit of fun with my U.S. colleagues saying, you know. You might need a little bit more persecution. It might mm -hmm. be good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because honestly, historically, and even today in the world, let's look at where in the world does the church grow the strongest and fastest? It's going to be in Iran. It's going to be in China. It's going to be in India. None of these nations are like Western cultured nations built on, on Christian heritage. Of course, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for godly leaders. Yeah, I'm, not, no. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for godly laws. Yeah. It's just that some people in the Western world seem to lack the fire of God. And that might be because there is no sacrifice placed on the altar. And uh, a little persecution historically has not been a bad thing for the church. I do believe that the church has within itself the potential to flourish in any circumstance. Yes, sir. In any, 
you know, any any environment. Absolutely. In any climate. Absolutely. And uh, by the grace of God, we, we see that. And also, I mean, building the church in a secular environment has got its advantages as well. We don't have to deal much with people who are with um, you know, negative experiences from church. Right. Because people don't have an experience. That's exactly right. You don't have to deprogram them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you don't have to, a lot of preconceived ideas about Christianity because people have no idea about Christianity. Right, absolutely. So they, they don't know Jesus at all. They yeah. don't know the gospel. Yeah. And uh, and actually we've seen a lot of, of success in in coming to the point now where people simply have no idea. Yep. And you share Jesus with them and uh, there is an openness yeah, that sure. might not have been there if they were already programmed and wired in a certain way right. due to a negative experience yep. of what they think I'm trying to communicate. Yeah. All right, so so I, I am so grateful you're saying this because <laughs> I've said this before on this pod, um, but to hear someone from a secular country say it hits different. Mm. Um, and because I've traveled... right to the majority of the churches that I've preached in outside of America Mm -hmm. are in secular nations. So Australia, the UK, Sweden when I came, Singapore, Malaysia. These are all very secularized countries. Yes. So I'm like, when God told me to plant Embassy City Church, I was actually disappointed. Because I was like, I'd rather be somewhere where people already know they don't know God. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a Bible belt where I'm trying to convince people you haven't met him yet. Right. You go to his house, but you haven't met him. Mm. I can't tell you how many friends I've had over at my house growing up that never met my dad. Just because they were in my house right exactly doesn't mean they met my father mm. <laughs> that's right so and, true and the, what the lord made very very clear was that hey the reason why i need you to plant this church here is because i need you to preach the gospel until they realize they met their denomination but they didn't meet me mm. they met this building but they didn't meet me. right and so i i stayed i did it and as best as i could do it but I really, I really appreciate being in a country where the gospel can be communicated and you get to see firsthand that those people confessing Jesus have no preconceived idea or notion. You know the Holy Spirit is at work. Right. Because it's not, you know what, I've kind of just moved away from church. I grew up in youth group. I went to youth camp and then I had some wild college years, but... I guess it's time for me to get back in a relationship with God now. Right. I don't dismiss that testimony, but it's completely different than being in a place like Australia or Sweden where you preach the gospel, somebody goes, I need to give my life to Jesus, and you know for a fact. Right. And just by, you know, the fact that they show up in church means that, uh, you know, most people will, will for, that show up in church will simply, that in itself is a sign that they're taking the they're taking this seriously. Absolutely correct. Because you know, they don't if, have to be there. Yeah. If, if a teenager stands up or comes out as a Christian, like like we say, yeah. If you come out as a Christian in your school, you're gonna get be, you're gonna be bullied. Wow. If you come out as a Christian in your workplace, 
you are likely to not get the promotion you're entitled to. Wow. If you come out as a Christian on social media, you're going to get canceled. Mm. There's a price to pay. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, all these things are negative in themselves. Yep. But they also do they do something absolutely. to my faith. Yes. And that they add a conviction yes. and a passion yeah. and a determination. Yeah. Because I do believe that. I, I I think we should, we're not allowed to preach a Christianity that is not about paying a price. That's right. If, if Whatever you paid money for, you will cherish that much more than whatever you gave, you, you were given for free. Absolutely correct. You know, if, if I made an investment yep. in something, is yep. there, there's some pain involved. That's right. That actually will make my faith stronger that's right and and that will be the benefit yeah having said all that you know i'm i'm ever thankful for the u.s and the way that this nation has been the like a spiritual storage house really i came to faith when i was 16 there was no teaching in Swedish. Mm. Nothing. Mm. I bought, I ordered cassette tapes, if anyone remember. I do. I <laughs> cassette do. Cassette tapes from the U.S. And, and you know, that just fed me. U.S. Yeah. preachers, U.S. teachers. Yep. And the way this nation has just kind of invested in, in the world. Yeah. Um, but, but in this area, I do believe that what we're facing in Sweden uh, some Americans might say, oh, no, if that will ever happen, you know, we're... Christianity is going to die. Yeah. But I think it's the opposite way around. It is the opposite it way is. around. Yeah. I we we've you know people uh keep putting out these uh Barna statistics about how many people stop going to church and the, the next gen's not going to church and all that kind of stuff. And what people don't understand is while while I appreciate Barna's research I don't think we we take a deeper dive into who's reporting this. Right. It's usually the mainline denominations that are reporting this. Mm. Baptists and these Lutherans and and Episcopalians. And those churches are in decline, but non-denominational churches where they allow the Holy Spirit to move, right. those churches are on the 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 incline. They are mm. they are rising up. They're yep. increasing. And what's interesting is those findings are never felt in the research because they don't report. Right, exactly. They don't report their baptisms to some national registry, and they don't report the amount of salvations to some national registry. They're too busy doing the gospel exactly. to be reporting hey, on it. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I hear you. So they don't have these numbers to input to be like, we're, we're doing well now. You right, know? right. They're just too busy making disciples. Yeah. And to me, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing young people stepping out in that environment of secularism yeah. and being a light and a salt because they're noticed. Yes. You know, one of our young people, this was a guy who's called Johan. He came to faith at a summer's conference, completely secular background, no Christian parents, mm. no Christian environment, just out of the blue, ended up, followed a friend to a Christian conference that we were hosting and, and gave his life. Now, three weeks later, he goes back to his school. This was during the summer, summer mm -hmm. holiday. He comes back to his school, and all he knows now is that he's supposed to share Jesus mm -hmm. with as many people as possible. That is, that's his version of Christianity. Yes. Okay. Yes. This, is my, this is my task. Yes. Jesus asked me to do one thing, go out in the world and preach the gospel. So this guy takes his own photo, okay, in a cool pose. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, then, he puts, then he makes a poster out of the photo, and he's, he adds the words, I am a Christian. Ask me why. He prints this poster in 50 copies and puts it up all over his school, all over his high school. Now, this is a 
guy who's been a 16-year-old guy who's been a Christian for weeks. <laughs> and wherever you now go in his school, you see his face going, yay. And, <laughs> and then this, the I am a Christian, I asked me why. He was, as far as he knew, he was the only Christian in his school. But he, he called me two days later, and I still don't know how he got my number, but he did. <laughs> Little man's a hacker. And he said, you know, Pastor Joachim, this was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Because in just two days, 40 kids had come up to him, pulled him aside, and asked him, um, Johan, why are you a Christian? Wow. And here we are thinking that the world is not interested. Right. Here we are thinking that there is no questions about God anymore. There are. Problem is not that the world is not interested. Problem is they don't know where to go. Mm. Because they might not Google churches nearby. Right. Absolutely. So where should they go? All of a sudden now there was a guy, there was a face saying, I'm a Christian. Ask me why. And this comes from a guy who knows almost nothing <laughs> about, <laughs> about, the Bible. About, about the Bible. Right. In that first year after he did that statement, he led over 40 students to faith in Jesus Christ in his school. And this is a 16-year-old guy. And the reason, obviously, was the secular environment. He stood out. Of course he did. It wasn't a whole school full of people professing to be Christians. Right. It was one guy yeah. against the world. Yeah. You know, another thing that, that he did? Oh, you will love this. He, he, you know, as he studied, you know, more about the Christian world now that he's becoming a part of, he, uh, he realized there's a phenomenon out there called praying old ladies. Mm -hmm. Okay, every mm -hmm. church has got, mm -hmm. a, it's got a few of they, the praying old ladies. I think ladies. it's a prerequisite. You yes. better have some. You better have or some. Or you just have a glorified young adult ministry. <laughs> Woo! Just so saying. Anyways, okay. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's so good. So Johan realizes that in the Christian world that he's now part of, there's all these praying old ladies. Yep. He said, let's use them. Yep. So he calls the pastors in the city mm -hmm. and asks them, can I please have the names and phone numbers of all the praying old ladies available in your church? And then he calls the first one and says, hey, praying old lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even use their name. Could you please pray for a revival in my school every Monday between mon uh, mon every Monday between eight and nine? And the praying old lady, of course, goes, "Oh, hallelujah!" You know, <laughs> oh, of course she would. And then right. he calls the next praying old lady and says, "Could you pray, please pray for revival in my school on Mondays between nine and 10? And then he just made sure that his entire school was covered by the prayers of old ladies every single hour throughout the entire week. And I mean, I look at that and I go, way to go, Johan. This yeah. is what Christianity is all about. Yeah, man. It's taking it seriously. No, that's, that's so inspiring. So, so meanwhile, mm. in the States, and I love this country. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the States, we're still bemoaning the fact that they took prayer out of schools. Mm. As if we couldn't get 24-hour prayer right. around all of our schools. <laughs> Obviously, yes. As if we needed it ever to be in legislation. Right. But we act like everything that doesn't go our way mm. as believers in this country right. is persecution. Yes. And it's not. No. It's just an inconvenience. Yeah. We're nowhere near persecuted. I mean, looking at some of the nations that really suffers persecution, we happen to work in quite a few of them. 
Persecution is not when they write something negative about you on Facebook. Persecution is when they come at you with a gun or a sword to kill you. That's persecution. Sometimes I wonder about the quality of our faith and, and, and how we're ever going to, in the Western world, accomplish anything mm. if we keep getting offended mm. and, and keep you know raising our voice as soon as anyone basically doesn't like us. Jesus told us that. Yeah, he did. He said, this, was, this is going to be your reality. That's exactly right. He just surely so you said know, it. That's just exactly so you don't what he become said. surprised. That's right. Just know that this is the environment yep. in which you're going to flourish. That's right. In which you're going to pray yep. and in which, in which you're going to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's special. I am, I am, uh... see, this makes me want to go back to Sweden right now. <laughs> It really does, because when I was in Sweden, um, I told you, I said I was so impacted by um, the school you have there mm. for the young people. Yes. That I was like, I, I'm I'm bringing my sons back and they have to stay here. Because <laughs> I, I, it, it was just, I don't want my kids to have that American, that American arrogance mm-hmm. and or that American complacency right? Um, that is so easily accepted in our culture because we kind of get everything handed to us. Mm. I, I think the reason why that was never my experience is because as an African-American in this country, I had to deal with persecution. Right. Right? <laughs> like I've dealt with racism mm. and I've dealt with uh, systemic issues that you have to press past that stuff right in order to succeed well that gives you a resiliency exactly that that is required mm. so by the time I came up and then I and, and then uh, my life coach let me know that I I suffered environmental trauma which was not something that I associated with the hood the hood to me just meant it was rough and this is just the way it was. I had no idea it was environmentally traumatizing to me. Mm. Um, but I survived. Like, that's where I came from. Right. So, like, I'm blessed to live in the house that I live in now and to own the land that I own now and own properties and to run businesses. and That's all good. But if I lost it all, I could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich again right. in a minute. Right. Right? Because I know what that feels like already. And that's the beauty of it all. I mean, what you what you went through is negative. Obviously, it's negative. Correct. It's not defendable no. by any standards. Absolutely correct. But still, because you pushed through it, right. you grew strength out of that. Right, absolutely. And I do believe that's that's how Christianity works as well. Yeah, it does. Uh, where there is pressure, yeah. where there is persecution, that's right. where there is a price to pay, that's right. that might in itself be negative. Yeah. But as we push through it, yeah. wrestling makes us strong. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we keep avoiding, wanting to avoid the storm, yeah. but it's in the storm that we grow strong. Yeah. And, and that was actually my experience. You know, I came to Christ when I was 16 mm-hmm. and I was in the process of running away from God mm-hmm. for with full speed, because mm-hmm. I grew up in the Lutheran Church, mm-hmm. which is the state church of Sweden. Okay, uh, my father was a priest. Both my grandfathers were priests. Got wow. four uncles who are priests. Wow! But the Swedish state church, the Lutheran Church, is more like a cultural institution. Many of the priests in there are, don't don't even believe in God. Wow! It's about upholding a cultural remembrance of a past saying to people you should be good to one another. Wow! And and please don't litter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
And and then add oh a whole gosh. lot of add a whole lot of organ music to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> I please don't litter on our sidewalks. That was your hymn, though. <laughs> Horrifyingly close, man. <laughs> Horrifyingly close. <laughs> no, so of course, you know, as I hit the teenage years, I was fourteen. I just rebelled against that. I yeah. ran away from that full speed. And uh, started you know, partying, drinking, doing drugs and everything. Uh, until, praise God, a friend of mine lied to me in Jesus' name. Wow. And said that he's inviting me to a party. <laughs> uh, so we, we traveled about three hours to spend um, New Year's at this big party. Mm -hmm. And he lied flat on. <laughs> There's going to be booze and girls. and You, you, you can't miss this. <laughs> And then we entered into the building, and I realized that he's brought me into this charismatic youth conference. Thing. Wow. And you have to understand, Tim, I, had, I was unaware of the existence of worship. I've never seen it. I never heard it. I never seen people lifting their hands. I never heard there were people who were lifting their hands. Wow. So I was completely cut off from this reality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like most Swedish young people are. Uh -huh. And so I was standing in the back and my first instinct was, I want to punch him in the face. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to punish him so bad yeah. for this. <laughs> but then, oh, it's still special. Yeah, of course. And, but then all of a sudden I realized standing in the back of this, audit, this small room, it's like a hundred kids, I just felt the presence. And I remember when I was a little boy and I was in these big Lutheran cathedrals, sometimes I just felt there's there's something here, you know. I just mm -hmm. felt like a glimpse mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of, of God's presence still and, and the awe and the glory and the greatness of God. But I never understood it. I could never put the pieces together. Yeah. I just had this feeling of awe. Yeah. Uh, like some people have out in nature. Yeah, you know, yeah for just sure. Just like, and, and I felt that presence. And I realized that there is something in this room that I can't figure out with my head, mm. but I need it. Mm. And this guy stood up and he started preaching. It was the first time anyone has preached to me and it made sense. Wow. First time I ever heard anything that I could relate to and understand and, and that attracted me. It was like I have the pieces of the puzzle in the way that I knew a lot of the biblical stories yep. from growing up in the Lutheran church, but I never heard that you can give your heart to Jesus. Mm. I never heard you can be forgiven. Mm. I never heard that the, the Holy Spirit can come into you and you can actually walk with God. Yeah. And, and he wants you to walk with him. Yeah. So right at the end, he said, if anyone wants this, just come to the front. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted it. Mm. I just ran up to the front. Yeah. And, and I cried my eyes out. And I prayed the prayer and I gave my life to Jesus. And, and I know and I fully respect that a lot of people, for them, the process is like a thing you grow into yep. gradually. For me, it was like turning upside, upside down yep. in one single moment. Wow. The rest of these few days of the conference, I just, I just sat at the same spot right at the front row of, of this small school auditorium because I thought, you know, if, I guess God is stronger in the front than in the back. <laughs> so I just be up front. <laughs> and and um, 
And I listened to everything. I took every opportunity to pray. And, to, and then I went back home afterwards. And my, my father was, came down to the train station to meet me. He was in his priest outfit coming from a funeral or whatever. Yeah. And here, here I come out of the train, lifting my hands, going, praise God, Jesus, you know, Dad. <laughs> something amazing <laughs> has happened to me. And he just grabbed hold of me like you see in American cop movies, like opening the back door, looking, you know, pushing your head in there, just driving away. And then we went home to the vicarage and, and my father just sat me down asking, what, is, what happened to you? What happened? And, and he was having a faith crisis of his own because wow. he had come to the conclusion that I'm supposed to represent a God that I don't even know. Wow. So I got to pray for my father. And I got to pray for my mother. What? And their marriage was falling apart. God healed it. It came back together. And um, I'll never forget that. I kind of go back to that experience time and time again. Yeah. And I realize so many people have that experience. They know something yeah. about God. They have a few bits of the puzzle. They have this sense of awe, you know, standing on the mountain, looking out in the view, realizing somebody would have created this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but they just don't know what to do with it. And how, how it all can come together yeah. into a, a personal walk with God. And I'm so ever grateful to Jesus for that friend who brought me to that conference <laughs> and all that has happened since. He brought you to that party. That party. <laughs> I, I told him later, we have to talk about the definition of party, man. <laughs> yeah, and by the grace of God, you know, next year I led about 35 of my friends to faith in Christ. And, uh, then we, we didn't have any place to take them because there were no churches around. Yeah. So, so we started one. I was 17. Not recommended. But <laughs> what is happening right now? By the, by the grace of God, it, it, it was just, yeah, he was in it. And uh, little did I know this was a few first steps yeah. for, for me to do what, what God has allowed me to do since. So, so um, it is... You know, one of the reasons why I love you so much is um, neither one of us have ever, I, I mean, and we've talked, when we first met and got to really talk and right. share our faith stories with each other, we were both weeping mm. at, at certain points in that conversation because um, I'm 27 and a half years in to my walk with the Lord. Right. And I'm still not over my salvation story. No. Like it still, it, it still gets to you. It still gets to me. It it literally still gets to me because there's no way I could have came to this conclusion on my own. Right. There's just no way. And so when you realize the Holy Spirit has actually brought you to Jesus mm. and you get a revelation of who he is, you just don't take that for granted. No. And you can't keep your mouth shut about it. That's it. That's it. If you come any other way, it's kind of like I can take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. But those upside down moments, like right. you, you using that language, you know, that's the name of our company is upset the world. Right. Exactly. Right. My, the Holy Spirit led me to Jesus and Jesus turned my entire life upside down mm. with his message, his hope and his love. So, And just the perspective of the creator of heaven and earth cared enough <sighs> about this 16 year old boy who was trying to run away from him right? as soon as, 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 as fast as possible, that he just kind of, no, no, I'll, I'll get to his heart. 
Yeah. You know, I love him so much. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a story. I, I need to tell you a story that, because this kind of rhymes so well with that. Um, in Sweden, due to our secularized uh, atmosphere, yep. there are a lot of crazy bad things going on. Okay. One of those are like if a woman uh, gets pregnant in Sweden, she's ta- she would take um, in the procedures of, of her getting her first, you know, being being examined and, and everything, there's a test called the CUB test, K- okay. KUB test. Okay. That is there to determine if the child she's expecting has got Down syndrome. Understood. And uh, and sadly, tragically, and I'm ashamed to even say this on behalf of my nation, if it turns out that the baby has Downs, 95% of these babies are aborted, which really tells such a horrible sense, it's a horrible signal to the Downs community. Yeah, for sure. Really saying you shouldn't even be here. Dang. And the fact that you were born was a big mistake, So, which is just horrible. And, um, you know, my church now, we run 11 Christian schools in our city. And just to be a counterculture to this, two of them, uh, the Emmanuel schools, mm-hmm. they are specifically for kids with Down syndrome and mm-hmm. other needs, like special needs. Mm-hmm. Just to point out that in the body of Christ, diversity is not a problem, it's an asset. Mm-hmm. And these kids are just as loved by God as anyone else. Yeah. I'll tell you, I remember one day I was working hard at the office and I was really low. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been struggling and I felt I needed some cheering up. I walked over to one of these schools, just hung out with the Downs kids and the light that they have mm-hmm. and the joy that they have. You know, people say they have one chromosome too much. I say it's the rest of us who's got one chromosome too little. Mm. But anyway, one of these kids, a boy, 11 years old, a few years ago, he was downtown in, in the city center of Uppsala with his teacher mm-hmm. doing what we call city training. Mm-hmm. It's where we teach the kids to cross the street, you know, make a purchase in a store, mm-hmm. things like that. Get around in a, in yeah. a, in a city environment. Yeah. So all of a sudden, uh, as they cross the big open square, there's the city center of, of our city. This boy stops and he starts singing at the top of his voice. <laughs> And the teachers never heard him sing this song before. It's a weird song about a tree. He says, there's a tree in my garden that is 100 years old. That's the song. And she just stands and says, okay, sing your heart out for all I care, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just go ahead with it. But then after just one minute, a woman comes up to the teacher. This woman is bawling, crying her eyes out, asking the teacher, why is this boy singing this song? Teacher says, I have no idea. This woman shares a story. She's been suffering from long-time depression and has come to the point that she saw no reason to go on living. She was contemplating suicide. That very morning, she prayed all alone in her apartment, her first ever prayer to God. And she said, God, if you are out there and if there is a plan for me to go on living, I pray for a sign of your existence. If you would allow me to hear today my favorite song from when I was a child, when I was a little girl, that special song about the tree in the garden that was a hundred years old, then I'll know that you are there, that you exist, and that you care for me. Hours later, she crosses the square, and right as she passes this boy, 11 years old with Down syndrome, counted out by our society, 
he hears the voice of the Holy Spirit and he starts to sing that song that she prayed to God that morning that she would hear. And she gives her heart to Jesus right there on the open square, realizing that there is a God. And he heard me this morning as I prayed. And uh, the next day, this teacher brings this boy to me to tell a story. And, and she says, sing, sing the song. Sing the song to pastor. And this guy says, what song? <laughs> he couldn't sing the song. He's never been able to sing the song since. But at that moment, where that song needed to be sung to save a soul, these kids with Down syndrome, he sang it and a soul was saved. That's how much God loves a single person. And then, of course, I'm asking myself the horrible question, what would God have had to do to get me to sing that song? You know, he had to wrestle me down to the ground by Michael and Gabriel probably and just say, sing, yo, okay? Sing, I don't want to sing. I don't want to make a fool out of myself. Yeah. But just the fact that this kid just picked up something that God placed in his heart that was necessary to save a life. And the fact that God used Down syndrome kid in Sweden where we simply tell ourselves that there is no room for these children. I am undone by this story. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even deal with it. Man. Yeah, the love of God is just the love of God. Really extravagant. And um man. Man, I'm yeah. Oh my gosh. That was too much right there, buddy. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Oh man, it breaks me up every time. I think I'm just messed up because I'm thinking about like how many things have we aborted yeah. that God wanted to use. Mm. I'm not just talking about people. Right. So true. Just dreams and initiatives. Initiatives and all the stuff we get talked out of. Mm. And the Lord's like, I was going to use that to do this. Right. Why are you so scared? Right. <laughs> exactly. Because you were going to be inconvenienced? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's honestly what, what what your government is saying about kids with Down syndrome is. Right. I mean, first of all, who made you the arbitrary decider that, oh, we found this chromosome. You shouldn't be inconvenienced right. with that. Mm. It's my child. Don't tell me. <laughs> you know, the fact that you would even suggest that is just, oh, my. God is so dark. It is. It's so dark, but man. And and the whole <laughs> the whole element of of uh, 
pushing a society toward perfection. You need oh to my be this gosh. way. You yeah. need to be perfect. Yeah. You you can't look like this. Yeah. You can't be like this. Yeah. You know, you have to accept everything that we stand for or else you, <laughs> you're gonna be put out, you're gonna be pushed out. That's just that's just a horrible way, direction for any society to move in. Oh, that's what well, you're playing God at that point. You are. And Man, that is that's a scary proposition. Ooh. I was actually in uh Scottsdale yesterday, um, Arizona, and somebody asked me, like, have you always been, you know, kind of attuned to what the Lord wants you to do? And has there ever been a time where the Holy Spirit was nudging you to do something and you didn't do it? And he asked, and this dude asked really good questions, young mm. guy. Shout out to Mason. He asked really good questions. And 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 he just basically asked me, like, has there ever been a time the Holy Spirit told you to do something and you didn't do it? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, there's been times. And he was like, how did you feel? I said, I felt terrible. <laughs> like, I, it's, I, 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 um, obviously, his grace is, sufficient and all of that yeah but i just i don't live with regret but i just hate that i've missed opportunities right to partner with the holy spirit mm. because i talked myself out of it yes i aborted his will right for my own convenience or for my own ego mm. or for my own pride mm. or for my own reputation right and I just, um, and he goes like, when did that stop for you? I said, while I was still in my 20s. Mm. <laughs> I got sick of going to sleep, tormented, yeah. not by the Holy Spirit, by my own conscience. Right. Like, how did I let that go? Why did I talk myself out of that? Mm. And so now I'm just, there was a guy, thank you, Holy Spirit. So I went and bought another gun. Don't judge me. Well, actually, I didn't buy yeah, I bought another gun, but I traded in the gun that I had. I needed a new concealed carry gun. All right. And so I went and got one. And um and so I'm a I'm a member of this gun shop and shooting range. And, of course you are. Huh? Of course you are. Uh, yes, I am. So so I go to the I go to I go there and and it just so happens I'm talking to a, a guy. Um, and the conversation's really in depth. So I just sit outside mm. and I'm like, I'm going to sit outside here, um, until I finish the conversation. Then I'll go in and handle all the business. I needed a couple of rifles cleaned. Then I'm trading a concealed gun I have for another gun that I want to purchase. And so I'm like, let me sit out here and finish this conversation fully before I walk in. So while I'm sitting there, this guy pulls up in the handicap section. He comes out of the car, and this guy is ripped. I'm talking jacked, G.I. Joe type, like, mm. you know. And, um, but you can tell he's walking with a limp. And, you know, I see everybody that's walking in and out, but this guy, I notice him from the time he pulls up. Right. And he gets out, and he's walking inside the building, and the Holy Spirit says, when this guy comes out, I need you to tell him two things. Mm. Tell him that you love him and then thank him for his service. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> then I'm like, 
is that just me? I mean, if, if right, you're human, yeah, yeah. If you're human, you go through all of this. Is that just me? And what if he's not even in the service? And what if I'm just assuming just because of the way he looks? And what if he's just, just a fitness trainer and he was never in the armed force? I'm what ifing all this stuff. Right. right. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit is just rolling his eyes like, bro, will you please shut up? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there having this talk long enough that this guy is able to go in there shop Purchase whatever he's purchasing, and he's walking out. Mm. And my friend's talking to me in my ear, and I was like, hey, bro, hold on real, real quick. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Guy turns around with a look of like, bro, why are you stopping me? And I said, bro, this is going to sound very strange to you. I said, but I felt like God told me to tell you two things, and here they are. Number one, I love you. And he goes, well, well, uh, thank you. You can tell he's just completely disrupted. Like, thank you. Then he's like, I love you too. And I was like, and number two, thank you for your service. And he's like, man, thank you. That means so much to me. Wow. Thank you so much. Mm. And that was it. Yeah. And I went back and sat down. Mm. There was no like, number three. Right. God's calling you into his kingdom. <laughs> So he can use you for his marvelous works. I can't even get it out without laughing. Like, like if we would just be obedient yes. to just do what he tells us to do, we have no idea if we're sowing seed, if we're watering seed, or if God's ready to bring in the increase. Exactly. But we just got to be obedient to do what he's telling us to do when he's telling us to do it. And things like this are exactly what God requires of us. Absolutely. He doesn't say like perform a miracle, no. turn this person's life upside down. He's saying, tell him thank you for your service. Yes. Sing that song. Yes. You, that's all I ask you to that's do. That's right. But still our pride yeah. is so much in the way. Yeah. And that's, you know. Tim, I do believe this is why God hates pride so much. Mm. You know, when there's lists in the Bible of stuff that God hates, yeah. pride is number one. That's right. And sometimes I go, really, number one? Out yeah, of yeah, all yeah. the bad stuff we can do, yeah. shouldn't pride be like six or seven right, right, right. on the list? Yeah, 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 for but sure. But I think the problem is that pride blocks the plans of God. Pride, <sighs> you know, when, when we elevate our concern about our appearance above our obedience to whatever the Spirit is saying right now, then that's pride. That's the definition of pride. So constantly God has to humble us and break us so that we are willing to just say, God loves you. Thank you for your service. And that uh, then allow God to take that and change. All right. So I got to tell, I, I tell you what Juliet said to me um, a few years back. It was so profound that I just... I had to pump my brakes. I just thought, I I know you're wise, but dang. Like, it was just, I was just, I was blown away by the wisdom she exuded. Um, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, the LGBTQIA plus mm. movement and their fight for rights and how Christians have gone about it the wrong way and, right. and how to reach them. And Juliet said, uh, I think the biggest block for that community is not even the homosexuality. Mm. 
is the pride. Right. Exactly. She literally said, mm. it's the pride. Mm. <laughs> well. That God hates. Mm. It is. It's the pride. Yeah. He ain't got no problem with you having those same-sex attraction. Mm. It's the pride. Yeah. Pride is a scary thing. It is. And it robs, like you were saying some minutes ago there, you, it robs, it takes away, snatches out so many initiatives. Yes. So many, like, plans. Of yeah, the absolutely. Just because we're unsecure. Yeah. And we want to stick to how it's always been done. Right. And we're unwilling to change. Yeah. And and we're unwilling to to humble ourselves, really. Right. right. To to be aware or be made aware when God is doing a new thing, when, yeah. when God wants to do something different or say something different or step out of our comfort zone. Right. I heard one story out of all the hundreds of amazing stories. I heard one that gave me the fear of the Lord. Okay, so there was a family outside of Kabul in Afghanistan. Okay. Uh, father, mother, six kids. Uh, one day, there's a knock on their door, and there's a Taliban warrior standing outside telling the father, I want your 12-year-old daughter as my wife. And father tries to talk him out of it, saying, she's, she's only 12. Please don't do this. Taliban warrior says, I'll be back tomorrow. You've got two options. Either I get her as my wife, or I'm going to kill you all, the entire family. Now, that night, that father... As the family went to sleep, he stayed up and he rolled out his prayer mat and he faced Mecca and he started to call out to Allah for help in desperation. said, oh, please help me. Please help me. While praying, he realized he's been praying to Allah all his life, but Allah's never answered. And then in the back of his head, he remembers that somebody once told him that there is a Christian God and that this God is love. So all alone in the darkness of the night, in his prayer closet, he starts calling out, oh, Christian God, oh, Christian God, if you hear me, help me and save my daughter. And as he did, a man appeared in the room, shining or bright white. Now, of course, we know who that was. Yeah. But he, Jesus didn't introduce himself by name. He said this, when you're hungry, I will give you food. When you're naked, I will give you clothes. When you're hopeless, I will give you hope. And when you're in the darkness, I will give you light. Those four things. And then he basically said to the man, wake up your family and flee to the south and I'll be watching over you. Long story short, this family ends up on one of the inflatable rafts on the Mediterranean Sea. As they approach uh, Athens, Greece, the first thing they see is the word of life, welcome to Europe station. And our young people who are standing there and they are holding up four signs. Get out of here. Say, if you're hungry, we have food. If you're naked, we have clothes. If you're hopeless, we have hope. And if you're in the darkness, we have light. That's the first thing the father sees as they're approaching the coastline. And he realized these people are connected to the man. The Christian appeared, God. The Christian God. Yep. And the whole family gave their hearts to Jesus. And, and when I heard that, I felt two things, basically. I was overwhelmed by, oh, the, by the love of God. But mm. also, I had the fear of the Lord. Ooh. Because Jesus counted on us being there. 
so much that he introduced himself. That's right. According to the signs he hoped we would be holding that up. we would be holding yeah, up. Yeah, man. And I'm just saying, what if we hadn't been there? Oh my gosh, that's and sc- how that many, is scary. How many times haven't we been no, there? No, dude. Oh yeah. Oh no. I don't want no parts of that. Oh. And just the fact that okay, Jesus hopes from the bottom of his heart that we would be there with the right attitude, not seeing these people as a problem, but just be ready to welcome them as he welcomes them into the kingdom. Okay, so this is story time. Mm. I honestly believe that what God wants us to do is to put faith into people. Yes. To be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yes. So we've already been doing this, mm. but but I just want us for. I don't I don't I don't know how long it's going to last. I just want us to trade stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's going to build faith in people mm. on their level. Yes. Right. We're not asking you to do what we do. We're just asking you to be open to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Right. So, my turn. Yeah. Story time. Another story. So, uh, uh, my my oldest boy Nathan, who you met, right, had a rough first half of this year. Mm. So much so he disqualified himself from going on our family vacation. Oh, okay. in Australia, right. So while me, Juliet, and Noah were in Australia for five weeks, mm. he was working with his uncle, okay, uh, detailing cars for five weeks. So. One of the days that I had to drop him off, um, in, in the shop is kind of like in this industrial part of town, mm-hmm. um, uh, but there's some apartments and there's a park and, but but it's not a a nice part of town, right? Right. So um, I'm driving him to the shop. And as I'm driving down the street, I just glance a set of apartments. Mm. And there's a guy and a girl standing outside of the apartments. And the Holy Spirit says to me, as I'm driving past the apartment complex, and I'm telling you, I just glanced up. Um, I see them, those two, and immediately the Holy Spirit said, I, I need you to bless them. Mm. And I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> like, so... I, I, I drop off Nathan and I'm driving back and it was early in the morning and I kind of wasn't in the mood. So I'm right. just telling you, you're not always like, yes, Lord, you, oh, you know, for sure not. No. So I drive past to get back on the highway and obviously coming back this way, you can't see. Mm. So as I pass by, I look through the rearview mirror. They're still sitting there. And by this time I pass by, I'm like, it's probably just me. Get on the highway and I'm off, Mm. headed back home. And the Holy Spirit's like, turn the car around. Really? Wow. And go bless them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, now I know it's you, (laughs) right? Like, so I get off at the next exit, turn around. And then, of course, I'm like, I probably missed my window. They're not outside anymore, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. I pull back in, I park, and when I park, 
Me and Noah are in the car. I back in and I'm looking. They're on the second floor. And they're sitting outside in, in a couple of little fold-out chairs. And I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, give me boldness. Don't let me get shot. Because <laughs> you're just running up on somebody's apartment. Right? You right, know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. what, what are we doing? So I'm like, I'm bringing my, my baby with me. My, my, he's not a baby, but I'm bringing my child with me. That way, it optically, it leaks, at least it looks a little better, whatever. Mm. So I walk upstairs, and I'm like, hey, man, how are you? I said, I know you're going to think this is really, really crazy. I said, but as I was driving by, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to bless you. Do you have a cash app? And he's like, yeah, bro, like I do. He was like, man, like this before he even knew what, what to give him. What, what I gave him, because I didn't even know at the time what to give him. I'm just being obedient. Like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. So he's like, bro, man, I appreciate anything you give me. And he shows me his account. There's a, His account is in single, single digits. Like, there may have been $2 in the oh. account. I mean, single digits. Yes. So... um. I'm asking the Holy Spirit as I, I'm, I'm getting his cash app, and I'm like, is this, this yours? He's like, yeah, that's it. And the Holy Spirit's like, give him two grand. And I was like, oh, you must really love this dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So I gave him the two grand, and, you know, I just want to make sure he gets it before I leave. I wish I could have just gave it to him and just said, all right, thanks, bro. You have a good day. But I had to wait to make sure he had it. And um, he sees it, and he just hits his knees. Really? And starts bawling. Oh. And his baby's wow. mom comes outside, and she's like, baby, what's wrong? And he is just sobbing uncontrollably. And he just keeps saying, thank you, thank you. I was like, hey, bro. I just have to be obedient to God. He loves you very, very much. And he just mm. needs you to know that he hears you. Right. He hears you. And his baby's mom just kind of looks at me and she goes, he, she said, I hit my knees this morning. My man got up going, I need something to happen wow. today. She right. said, I hit my knees this morning and just said, Lord, will you do something for my baby? Mm. And I said, well, girl, he heard you. And I hugged them both and dapped up their little son who was in a diaper. And me and Noah jumped back in the car and drove off. And these people will never, ever, ever forget. I don't even know their first names. That God loves them. God There, the opportunities mm. to show God's love are in excess every single day. It is in abundance. Mm. All he needs is somebody obedient enough to just do what he's telling them to do. Right. You know, we, we all are enamored with Peter and Paul and Barnabas mm -hmm. and Apollos. 
I'm like, Lord, I'm I'm cool being Ananias. Mm. Not from chapter five, because he died. Right. I'm talking about chapter nine, Ananias. Yeah, the non-death chapter. <laughs> the non-death <laughs> chapter. I'm talking about the Ananias that the Holy Spirit, that God just trusts. Yes. Jesus literally trusts Ananias. Hey, Ananias, I need you to go down Straight Street mm. to a guy named Judas's house. Mm-hmm. There's a man named Paul there. Saul there. There's a name. There's a man named Saul there. He's been praying to me. Yes. And I told him you were coming. Mm. And Ananias is like, is this the same guy that was <laughs> right. killing Christians? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I need you to go over there and lay hands on him mm. so he can see. And Ananias does it, man. That's the, that's the first and last time you hear of him. That's right. That's right. But he opened a door that would lead to the word of God. Reaching millions and millions and millions of people, which is just what we're talking about. You plant that little seed, that little statement of obedience, and and God will multiply. He will. He will multiply that seed. And I do believe that's why, you know, the devil hates that little seed and he will do anything to try to convince us not to plant it. Agreed. Because he understands the potential. Absolutely. You know what? <laughs> You were you were touching on that. Sometimes we're not in in that mode, <laughs> and uh, it, you know sometimes we preachers might appear or tell stories like we would always be in that. Right, mode. right, and that's why I want to dispel that myth. Exactly, you, you know what I mean? Because yeah, that's yeah. it's not the truth. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was on a flight once. Oh man, this is an embarrassing story. Those are the best ones. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was on a flight once. I was going to the Faroe Islands with just a little group of islands in the Atlantic. I was yeah. preaching at a conference. Yeah. So here am I in this on this flight, and next to me uh, is this huge guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's extra large in every direction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and not not only is he incredibly big, he's also completely drunk. Okay. Oh my God, that's the while, worst. While boarding, oh, he this guy is. Do you know so, how much alcohol it takes to intoxicate that large of a body? Let me tell you, he was so drunk, I was almost intoxicated by the fumes oh, that came dude. out of his body. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if there would have been a spark, he would have <laughs> spontaneously nice. combusted. He would have. <laughs> so, so anyway, you know, this guy because he's very loud. Uh huh. He's also because very drunk. He's also very loud. Yeah, of course. Which is a very non-Scandinavian thing to be. Ah. Mm. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> this is a thing I noticed when coming to to the U.S., especially in the South. Uh-huh. The people actually talk to one another here. That's exactly right. Which is a shock yeah. for a sweet. Howdy, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we go out and do errands here, we always have to add 20 minutes for spontaneous conversation <laughs> with strangers. You know, in Sweden, people strangers don't interact. They don't talk. Yeah. If a Swede comes over to the U.S., gets into an elevator, there's already a guy there, and that guy says, what's up? Yeah. Then the Swede will go, are you a serial killer? <laughs> you know, what? why are you referring to an app on my phone? <laughs> Not WhatsApp. <laughs> I'm weak. What, oh my what God. do you want with me? Yeah, this yeah, is such yeah. an unknown Scandinavian thing to do. Right. So having this guy next to me now <laughs> being super loud, and when somebody in, in Scandinavia is super loud, everybody else is quiet down. Right, so right, now, right. Now he's having a solo performance. Right, exactly. And everybody gets to hear whatever enters into his mind, <laughs> uncensored, unfiltered, right. coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and, and people might think, oh, Pastor Joachim, holy man of God, blah, blah, blah. I, I bet you were praying for the salvation of his soul. No, I wasn't. Mm. 
I was not in prayer mode. Right. I was in annoyment and irritation. Yeah, mode. for sure. Because <laughs> you're thing, right next to him. Right. If I was praying for anything, I would be for God to move him to another seat. Yeah, yeah. Know? Knock Up, him out. Upgrade him, downgrade him. Right. You know, just grade him, you know. <laughs> just get him just off Just grade him. I don't even care what his grade is. Give him an F. Like I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here reading my Bible, and this guy's messing with my holiness. You know, yeah, for I'm sure. Preparing the holy word of God to be preached in my final destination. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the captain comes on the speaker, okay, and he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, we we bad news. There's been a storm over the Faroe Islands right now. There's a storm, and and we will not be able to land tonight. So we have to turn the plane down and go back." And try again tomorrow morning. Oh. And the whole plane goes, ah, oh, that's Swedish people being very angry. Right, right. Okay, just, <laughs> if, if you ever hear a Swede go, ah, oh, you, you better run for your right, life. Right, you got, exactly. That's as far as we go. And then it's going to be yeah. violence after that. So everybody just went, ah, oh, apart from this guy who starts to scream and shout to the captain, no. You better land this plane, man. I want to see my family tonight. Wow. And I'm just sitting next to him going, oh, I mean, what's the captain going to do? Oh, really? Let's make a, an attempt, you know? Right. It's not going <laughs> to happen. make an attempt. <laughs> so, so anyway, the, so all of a sudden now, this guy who's been ignoring me the whole flight, he looks at me and he looks at my Bible in front of me and he looks back at me and he says, man, you better pray right now. And this came so out of the blue, I was not prepared for that. Wow. And now I have the whole, you know, the whole flight yep. full of people who heard that. Yep, yep. <laughs> Captive and, audience. And who is now waiting for the Bible guy to respond. And I was just thinking, you know, what, 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 do, I, what do I do? And then I came up with the best thing I could think of, which was uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... I, I told, no, no, I just, I, but I told him, I will only pray if you pray with me. Mm. And the whole plane went, oh, <laughs> fantastic. And, uh, oh, and this guy thought for a while, then he said, no, because I don't believe in God. Isn't it funny that he wants me to right, pray? Right, absolutely correct. Pray to, to a, your to, God. To a God that he does not even believe in. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So I told him, oh, well, if you don't pray with me, I don't pray either. Plane went, oh. <laughs> and uh, story is great. And then he he was quiet for a while. I could hear him thinking. Yeah. Felt the smell of burnt brain. And <laughs> and then after a while, he turned to me again. Then he asked me this: if I pray with you, will we be able to land tonight? Mm. Mm. And the plane is now dead quiet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to hear. Absolutely. What, what are you about what, to what say? What will the Bible guy say? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was searching desperately on the inside. You know, mm. God, if I ever heard your voice, right, right. I need confirmation, yep. affirmation. Yep. I need I need it all. Yep. You know, you just send whatever angel need to be sent right yep. on the wall of the plane with fire. Yes, Joachim, I, right. I, I guarantee. <laughs> that if, uh, and, and I heard nothing. It was dead quiet. The only thing I had was the fact that I knew that Jesus has promised me that the Holy Spirit will always be with me. Always. 
Always. Always. Even in the days where we don't feel a thing. Always. So Always. I, I took the deepest breath I've ever taken and I said, yes, if, you, if we pray, we will be able to land. So help me, God. <laughs> the whole plane was like, oh. And, and he just bowed his head and, and folded his hands and said, let's pray then. And I put my hand on him and I pray. I pray for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wanting to allow God maximum time. <laughs> you know, this was like director's cut prayer. Right, right, exactly. Extended version yep, prayer. Yep, yep, I prayed yep. for his family, his finances, you know, whatever I could think of. Eventually, I ran out of things to pray for. And I, I just said, I pray we'll be able to land tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And he said, Amen. And the whole plane said, amen. No, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. I kid you not, five seconds later, the pilot is back. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, we heard news from the Faroe Islands. The storm has cleared and we will be able to land tonight. And this guy, the big drunk guy, just looks at me like this. What just happened? And you know what? I'm not telling this story to make me look like a spiritual superman. No, not at Rather all. Rather the opposite. Absolutely. I was not in prayer mode. Yeah. I was struggling. Yeah, for sure. I did not hear the voice of God. Yeah, absolutely. I had no guarantee. I had no confirmation. Yeah. But to me, it just kind of reminded me of the lesson that is found in sometimes you feel nothing. Yes. Sometimes you feel nothing. But he's still there. He's still there. And the Holy Spirit is not with you because you feel him. He's with you because Jesus promised he would be. That's exactly right. And Jesus never lies. That's exactly right. Jesus never lies. Listen, listen, mm. listen. Oh. He's not asking us for much. No. He's really not. I mean. Small seed. The, the revivals that we keep saying we want to happen in America. We, there could be micro revivals happening every single day. Yes. We keep one of these macro revivals where we worship for like eight days straight mm. and people don't go to the bathroom or change their clothes or something. Man, that dude's never going to forget that. No. I bet you if he was an atheist, mm. he's not anymore. No. Doesn't mean he's a believer in Jesus, but I bet you he's not an atheist anymore. Right. He saw a prayer change something. For sure. And, and just to put yourself in a position to be used, and that's all I ask the Lord to do, is keep putting me in a position to be used to upset somebody's world. Right. With the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. Because it is, at this point, I'm addicted to doing it. I'm always looking for opportunities. <laughs> like, Hi. I am like, every single day, I'm like, you want me to do that? So let me let me tell you, this is not a story, but I'll tell you how... After almost 20 years of being in this mindset now, because remember I said, like, in, in my 20s, I was like, uh-uh, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it now, even if I look crazy. So after almost 20 years or a little bit over 20 years of having this mindset now, I cannot tell you how many times I encounter somebody and I have to make sure, like, Holy Spirit, want me to get her? Like, it's almost now the Holy Spirit has to say, don't do that one. Right. Don't, like, bro, you just came for bread. Just get the bread and go home. Yeah. And I'm like, but I can I can pay for a few groceries while I'm here. And he's right. like, just get in the car <laughs> and go home. <laughs> because I'm 
I want to partner with the Holy Spirit. Yes. To reach people. Yeah. I'm addicted to it. Like, I love it. Right. And it's not always money. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's a compliment. Sometimes it's a spontaneous hug. I have literally, I, uh, I was at a, a Seven Mile Cafe, which is one of my evangelistic fields up here in Denton. So cozy little restaurant, great vibe. So I'm leaving one day. And as I'm leaving, uh, I'm walking out and a waitress, she didn't serve us this day. But she had served us prior, and she remembered my name. And she said, bye, Tim. And I walked right up to her and gave her a big old hug, and I said, I love you. And she burst into tears. Wow. And as soon as I let her go, she had her hand over her mouth, and she ran into the kitchen. Mm. And I was like, hmm. And I hugged everybody else that was around. (laughs) And then I left. I didn't tip her. She wasn't even my waitress that day. Just, I just told her I loved her and gave her a hug. Yeah. It's like when we say be the hands and feet of Jesus, literally, let's just be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. Whether it's holding up a sign. Yeah. <laughs> praying for somebody in an airplane when you don't feel like it. Throwing your arms around somebody, give them a hug. Getting over however ridiculous you think you're going to look walking up to the second story of an apartment complex to give somebody two grand that needs it. Right. Do you know what I love most about that story? Is that he trusted me with the resources Mm. to have on deck to be a blessing to that dude. Right. I'm going to tell y'all something, and I don't mean this in any arrogant way at all. Two grand ain't nothing to me. Mm. It's money. I... I wouldn't just blow two grand on nothing frivolous, but he can get two grand out of me quicker than a sneeze can. Like I, all the money I have belongs to him. It ain't none of this money mine. Yep. Ain't none of this money mine. After I pay my bills and everybody in my family straight, I'm like, who you want me to bless? So I am. I am. I prayed coming from where I came from, Joachim. I prayed God make me a blessing. Yes. I prayed all the prayers of, God, I need a blessing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in this phase of my life, I'm in like, God, make me a blessing. Right. You can get the money to me because mm-hmm. I bet you you can get it from me. You will not arm wrestle me to get this money out of my hand. I will give it to you freely. And that is a, oh, that makes me, that, that gets me excited. But you know, Tim, I'd rather have this kind of revival that we're talking about now than seeing X amount of thousands of Christians gathering at a big event or a crusade. If we could mobilize the body of Christ to just do this. Yes! Every single morning you get out of your house and you just look, who can I bless? Yes! Who can I encourage? Yes! Who can I share Jesus with? Plus with the first generation that doesn't even have to leave the house to communicate with the rest of the world. Paul and Peter, they had to walk. Yes. And, and find the people. Yeah, and jump on boats. Exactly. Yeah. And and get half dead before they were they <laughs> that, could actually reach someone. That's exactly to right. Preach for. They were they will kill us in heaven. If or maybe they won't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just seeing all the resources we had to get the word out that they didn't. You know, we can't really let them down. No, by not we using can't. No, we can't. All the resources we that cannot. we can't. We cannot. We cannot. If Paul gets beheaded and he lived in our present day. Right. 
All we got to do is unlock his iPhone. Mm-hmm. And that's where all his epistles would be. Right. He'd have been texting Corinth. Yes. He'd have been texting Ephesus. The first text to Corinth. Right? Yes. He would have been he he would have been texting Coloss. Mm-hmm. He would have been texting Philippi. Right. Like like this dude Let's not act like the disciples wouldn't have been using our technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I um, oh man, you have inspired me today. I'm like, oh. And also, you know, oh. I, I, uh, I read Acts 2 uh, a few years ago, you know, the story about the outpouring of the Spirit yep. and, and the day of Pentecost. And normally what we focus on is the fact that the disciples of Jesus got prepared and, and uh, you know, equipped with the presence of the Holy Spirit right. so they can go out, go out and fulfill the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing more happening that in that context that we, I've never thought about it in that sense, that God is not doing one thing, he's doing two things. Yep. He's preparing them to speak by giving them the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But outside of that upper room, he's preparing a group of people That's right. to receive. That's right. So, you know, there's as they come out, there are thousands of people there who were gathered by the same spirit, prepared to hear wow. the gospel that the disciples was prepared to share. Yes. So it's like one group has a big exclamation mark over them, that's right. you and me. Right. And at the same time, the world outside has this big question mark written over them by the same spirit. And I always encourage my church back home saying, okay, when you go out of this, of this church on Sunday, you are prepared to share. You're yeah. prepared to shine. Yes. You are prepared to love. Yes. But there is a person out there in your school, in your neighborhood, among your relatives, at your workplace, that is being prepared by the same spirit to hear and receive the love that you've been prepared to give. Yes. And I think that perspective to me is just amazing. Yeah. And if we would just kind of embrace that and realize that on this day, someone out there is prepared to <laughs> receive an encouragement. Yes. Or just something about Jesus mm-hmm. from me through mm-hmm. my words, through my actions, through what I do and or don't do. And, um, and that we're totally, completely all the time on a mission. Yep. To shine his light. That's right. In our world. Well, you've lit a fire under me, sir. (laughs) Honestly, like I'm, and this happens every time we talk. Like I'm just, I'm a better person because of you, Joachim. Oh, I'll say the same about you. I mean that, like, oh my gosh, like you just make my heart happy. And I'm so grateful for the work that you do in this country and in Sweden Oh. oh man, you I have no uh, no words for how much you inspire me, my friend. I I I can't even imagine living without having you in my life. So thank you. Thank you, man. For all that you do and thank you for shining your light so wide and and encouraging so many. I'm so proud of you and I'm so amazed to see how God is using you. So thank you. It's an honor to be to be on your your pod. Well, when I was in Sweden, you were kind enough to tell everybody about our pod and to tell everybody to start listening to it. I was like, do we need to get it translated? But uh, like most Europeans, they know two or three languages and America sucks and we only know one. (laughs) We're too lazy to even learn a language that's connected to our own landmass. We are just terrible. Oh, anyway, 
you got to come back. Would love to. You have to come back because this is, but I'm telling you, this is the sweet spot we we need to end on because I hope you are motivated. If, you know, the beautiful thing I love about when I sit down with a guest is I never know what where the Holy Spirit wants us to go. Mm. He just dictates it for us. Right. And I know for a fact what he wanted us to know in this episode through Joachim and his testimonies and then my contributions as well is that we have no excuse. You've been asking the Lord to use you. And I need you to change that. I need you to change that mindset. Mm. Because um, I think most people in Western Christianity think of use in the same way they do a napkin or a fork right. or a knife or a spoon. God's not trying to use you like that. He's your father. Mm. He, he's not an auto mechanic reaching for a wrench. Like, oh, I need Joachim the wrench today. Mm. I, I need Tim the screwdriver today. Uh, somebody give me Juliana the pliers. I need pliers today to, to get my will done. He's your father. Right. Not your auto mechanic. Ooh, yeah. I don't use my kids. Mm. <laughs> this is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Right. Beautiful. The Acts, the book of Acts. Do you know the full title? The Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Mm-hmm. It's a partnership. It is. The Holy Spirit putting his super in our natural so that we can do supernatural things. Ooh. It's not all him or it's not all us. It's a partnership. And God wants to use you. He is no respect to persons. On your level, I do not care if you are a single mama with four kids. There is somebody that you can bless. And if you are sitting up with the richest blessings of the Lord, with a private yacht and a private plane to be able to jet set all around the world, God wants to use you in the resources he's given you for his glory to advance his kingdom. Mm. And all you got to do is say yes. And he will do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could ask or think through simple acts of obedience. I am in agreement with you, Joachim. I would rather have the revivals that break out in 5 million people's hearts Mm. on a day-to-day basis than to have a crusade that we could round up the number on and say, look what God did over three days. Mm. And then they all go home and do nothing. Right. Spirit break out, break our walls down, spirit break out, break our walls down, our Father, all of heaven knows your name, sing louder, let this place erupt in praise. I forgot the rest of it. Can you hear it? it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The 
The sound of heaven touching earth. King Jesus, <laughs> all of heaven knows your name. Like, dude, that's the revival that we want. Yes. So, Lord God, break out. Mm. Break out in our living rooms. Break out in, in the gym. Break out while we're cleaning the house. Break, break out while we're in traffic. God, use us yes. like you did Ananias in Acts chapter number 9. Just nudge us to go do something. There's a Paul out there that needs their scales to pop from their eyes, but yes. it's not going to happen until we lay our hands on them out of obedience, even though we're scared of the person, even though we're intimidated by that person. God, you've trusted us to go lay hands. You've trusted us to give. You've trusted us to give the compliment. You've trusted us to give the hug. You've trusted us to hand out the free meal. You've trusted us to pay for the coffee for the person in back of us. You got, you've trusted us to pay for those groceries. You've trusted us, Lord God, to help our neighbor cut their grass. You've trusted us. Mm -hmm. May the whole world be upset just because we were obedient to do what you told us to do. Yes, Lord. Mm, don't let our pride get in the way. Don't let our ego get in the way. Don't let our... Our, our, our reputation get in the way. Holy Spirit, we want to partner with you to see the world turned upside down with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. I love you, man. I love you so much. Come back sooner than later. I will, for sure. Okay. I love y'all. Press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh, yeah, so press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be.